Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast, part of the Action Network. We are presented by Bet365. We're continuing the final division preview for our division preview series. We are doing the NFC East today. We've had so many fantastic guests on The Favorites podcast during the division preview series. Rounding it out with another winner, a winner of a guest who may or may not have done something to Simon Hunter the last time he was on the show, which uh, some of our live listeners are referring to. I can't remember what it is. He can't remember what it is. Simon might remember what it is, but it's time to bring in my BFF, my companion, my compadre, my co-host, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Aloha, Chad. It's a bittersweet day. It is truly Football season right around the corner. It's my last day in Maui. Coming back east for the kickoff of the season. Got um, feels like I got like thirty fantasy football drafts, and I got a lot of work to do in the next two weeks before we start the season. So I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to get some real football. I feel like the season is is so close, and there that we are going through preseason right now with these division previews. I also feel like here's honest to God. Here's what I feel like. I feel like the pay, the favorites is on the precipice of getting even bigger. And we have so much stuff going on with the show right now. Number one, I'll remind everybody, we'll give you more details when it comes, but we got a big, big, big money contest. People are going to be able to do their five best each week against you and me. We are going to be on Sunday nights when the season starts, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Right now, by the way, reminder, you can watch us on YouTube. You can like us on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel on Action Network. All of it's making me a little nervous, and I'm feeling a little bit of like anxiety on the part of everybody. Do you feel it too? <laughs> uh, no. That's what separates me and Chad right there. I live for this while Chad gets a little a little nervous about it, but... No, the, the pressure, Chad, it's real. That's my favorite part about this job is I told you we go 5-0. and I wake up Monday. It doesn't matter. You're, you're already on to the next week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to those days of ton of work and, you know, winning a lot of money. Well, listen, our next guest for this division preview series, he understands pressure at every level, yeah. at the highest level. We're going to bring him on in a second. As a reminder, the Favorites Podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. It's time to bring him on. Former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker. Yay, friend of the pod, host of the Ross Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. Find him at Ross Tucker NFL. He is so dedicated to the NFC East. He has done 
preseason games for the Eagles for the past six years. We're recording this on Thursday. It's live right now for some people. Tonight's Eagles preseason game is a prime game. So Ross Tucker will not be broadcasting it. He's still going to the game with his family. Ross Tucker, you are dedicated. You've played at the highest level. You have confronted pressure at the highest level. You're now going to confront it today on the Favorites Podcast. I love it. Good to see you guys. Good to talk with you guys. Man, I got like five things to say just based off the opening there. First of all, yes, it's true. I'm not calling the game tonight. It'll be Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Big downgrade, unfortunately, for Eagles fans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Eagles fans. Don't disagree. Just, just Al Michaels. No big deal. That's going to be a touchdown. There's no extra point, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. But no, uh, it's funny because uh, I'm actually going to go to the Jersey Shore with my family, and we typically leave on Thursdays. We're going to be driving by the stadium while the game is about to go on. So I thought, you know what? I never get to tailgate. I never get to take my wife and two daughters to a game because I'm always the one calling the game. I'm always working. So I don't know how many beers I'm going to have in the parking lot, but I'm going to have at least a couple because that's the worst part of being a broadcaster is I drive into the stadium three hours before the game and I see all these people smiling and having fun and drinking and eating and I'm like all dressed up and I can't drink and I'm doing the game. That's like the five minutes that I'm jealous every week when I do a game. So very much looking forward to tailgating a little bit tonight, taking my daughters to the game. Then heading down uh, to the beach of the Jersey Shore, Simon Hunter's neck of the woods, if you will, down there. And so that should be fun. And yes, I appreciate you mentioning the podcast network. We're growing. It's awesome. You guys have both been multiple times, I believe, on the Even Money podcast, the betting podcast with Steve Fezzik, which does very well. And Simon, for all those fantasy drafts, make sure you're listening or watching the Fantasy Feast podcast. Although, Simon, you got to tell me, what did I do last year that everybody keeps referencing? Because I don't remember it. What did I do to you? Uh, I don't think it was you. I got a couple of people hit me up now that are sending me clips because I honestly didn't really know much either. The The biggest thing that happened last year was when I went on Ross's show is my Eagle fandom got a little little strong, Chad. Oh, um, so it wasn't on our show. It was on Ross's show. Yeah. Okay. It was the boys over at uh, Pro Football Focus – they had a good time making fun of me because I said the Eagles would have a top three D-line. And they said in no world would the Eagles have a top three D-line. Little did they know the Eagles were going to get 70 sacks. I didn't know that. But, yeah, they got egg on they their face. The D-line. Yeah, I definitely nailed that one. Um, took a lot of heat for it in August when I went on Ross's show to make that prediction. Yeah, and then, you know, it, there's always going to be naysayers. I think Steve, who who he works with, was giving me a hard time just because, you know, I said some things about my betting syndicate and not that Steve was making fun of me. It was more that he was giving me shit saying it wasn't feasible. And, you know, I'll just say this. Steve's been in the business a long time. He is someone that won a pick pool. I understand where he's coming from, but he doesn't really know about my life and what I do. So that's part of the business. I mean, lucky for me, I'm in a business where my record is public. So I just got to give winners. If I give winners... Our show will keep growing, Chad. And lucky for me, I give a lot of winners. So me and Ross got no beef. My my favorite line was my uncle from England was watching the game last week with Ross. And he goes, that Ross Tucker's a funny fuck. Is that a comedian? And I was like, he's not a comedian. He's an offensive lineman. And he's like, you fucking kidding me. I was like, no, that's that's how funny Americans can get. And he's like, he's like, well, Americans aren't funny, but that guy's a funny fuck. That's how England views Ross Tucker right now. Uh, hey, listen, uh, I'll take it. For, you know, preseason <laughs> games are a unique animal, right? I, I mean, it's a lot of second and third string guys. You know, you're kind of telling more stories than you are just breaking down each play. Got to try to keep it a little bit entertaining. I'm surprised he likes me, Simon, after what I said about soccer. Although I didn't knock soccer for the record, Chad. He's a rugby guy. We're talking about how <laughs> the the game is growing internationally, and there all these people were tweeting me because the Eagles have rights in Australia, New Zealand, and <laughs> right. Africa. So people were tweeting me from all over those places watching the game. I was like amazed, and I mean this sincerely. I mean a little bit tongue in cheek, but I love that we're growing the game internationally because. Think about how many children 
all around the world think that soccer is the best sport. <laughs> I mean, Chad, can we please think about the children out there? And I'm not <laughs> saying football is ever going to be more popular worldwide than soccer. I just know this. Show me someone that played soccer and then played football and went back to soccer or said soccer is more fun. I played soccer for five years from age six to 11. I really like soccer. Then I put a helmet and shoulder pads on and I knocked somebody over and soccer was gone forever. I mean, <laughs> forever. Like, like scoring a goal is cool. Running into somebody and knocking them on their butt. That that's way, way better than anything you can do in soccer. I can Here's assure what I you. Love. Here's what I love. Ross, before we get on the air, is like, guys, I got to be out of here in 45 minutes. <laughs> we, we have spent five minutes talking about Ross and soccer. Can we get to the <laughs> betting? Please, please, can we get to the betting? Because honestly, the NFC East, we've got, we've got some really cool stats that Evan Abrams, our head of research, sort of digs up every year for every week, for every game. Three stats that are very relevant to the NFCs that I want to say right off the bat. Number one, 18 of the past 20 years, an NFL team has gone worst to first in its division. Last three years, Jags, Bengals, Washington. Washington, obviously, in the NFC East, went 7-10 and 10 last year. This is one of the tightest races in the NFL. One of the tightest division races, the division races this year are tighter than they've ever been. No division favorite, including the Philadelphia Eagles, is minus 200 or better. It's the first time that's the case since 2004. Nine of the last 10 Super Bowl champions began the season as 12 to 1 favorites to win the Super Bowl or less. That includes Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Niners, and Eagles, who have the second shortest odds at seven to one. So, guys, we've got a division here with the defending conference champs and the Eagles, which has not been a good omen for teams. We have uh, a team in the Cowboys that everybody loves because everyone assumes they're one, you know, quarterback play of greatness away uh, from contending. We have the Giants who had the coach of the year last year in Brian Dayball. And then we got the Commanders who actually do have, uh, a lot of people would say, a top five defensive line with Chase Young coming back. So we're going to get to some best bets right off the bat. I want to start with the Eagles. Um, 11 and a half is the over, plus 100. Uh, the under is minus 125. Their odds to win the division, minus 120. Ross, I want to start with you. You are in Philly. You are covering the Eagles. You know this team well. Can they still ascend? Can they get those final three points? Is this a come down year? What happens? Well, they're a really interesting team because they lost seven starters. And here we are going into the last preseason game tonight. They still don't know who's starting at linebacker and safety. You know, that's pretty rare, I would say, for a team with Super Bowl aspirations, a team coming off of the Super Bowl. I think they feel good about their options next to Reed Blankenship at safety. I think they feel good about their options next to N'Kobe Dean at linebacker. And so they've got some guys that are going to work in there. They don't prioritize those positions, right? Their D-line is going to be nasty again, and Simon was a 1,000% right last year. Their corners are good. That's where they invest their resources. Uh, and I think the question is, at this point, not whether or not their linebackers and safeties will be as good as last year, because they won't. They're not going to be. I mean, I, I, I'd be surprised if linebackers are as good as Kaiser White, and especially T.J. Edwards was last year, or if the safeties are as good as Gardner Johnson and Epps. The, the question is, are they good enough? And I think the answer with that D-line in those corners is probably yes. The other thing that people, are, I think, are, are, are missing out on a little bit, they lost two starters on offense. Miles Sanders and the right guard, Isaac Sayamalo. They're better at running back, I think. 
I mean, I, I would take DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, that combo, over Miles Sanders any day of the week. Right guard will be interesting. Sam Allo was better than people gave him credit for. I do think Jurgens will be pretty good. The major concern that I would have for the Eagles this year is probably health. You know, health and the new coordinators. It's not easy. There's not a long track record of success, Jack, Chad, having two new coordinators. Not just one, but two new coordinators. And you'll wonder where the growing pains will be there and if that costs them a game or two. And then the Eagles have been unusually healthy the last couple of years. I mean, you know, they had some years, 2019, 2020. They had years where everybody was getting hurt. And they had tons of guys injured. Even the Super Bowl year when they won it, they had a bunch of guys on IR. The last two years, they've been very healthy. You know, it's rare to see that trend in the NFL continue for a third year, right? So I think they're going to lose some guys this year. It's a matter of who or when. The thing I tell people, though, is I think Hertz is better than he was last year from what I've seen in camp. And the best game he played was the Super Bowl. They lost two games he started last year. Two. That Commanders game on Monday night and the Super Bowl. I know their schedule is a little bit tougher. I would lean to the over. um, Because I think it's probably more likely they win 12 or 13 than it is that they win 10 or 11. But I think that's the right number. I, I don't have a strong feeling on this. I think somewhere between 11 and 12 is the right number for the Eagles season win total. But I have a slight lean to the over. Well, I like the price. Over is plus 100. Uh, Brandon Anderson, who I mentioned in previous podcasts as a writer at Action, has been doing these incredible write-ups, looking at ranking teams offensively, ranking their offensive line. Uh, Ross, you'll be glad to know that when Brandon ranks the offensive line, when he did his offensive line rankings, um, he relies on pro football focus, established the run, sharp football, and Ross Tucker as he builds his aggregate offensive line rankings. Brandon and everybody else agrees, even with a new right guard, Eagles offensive line, top offensive line in the NFL. Simon Ross likes the over. 11 and a half. Tell me what you think. Yeah, and it's just, we, we play the numbers, and statistically, you, you want to fade a team after they lose a Super Bowl, right? We saw time and time again, these teams have let down, and it's always usually because they have a harder schedule the upcoming season, right? They're not this team that sneaks up on people. And a lot of stuff goes into having such a good season, and we've seen historically the NFC East, the, the winner of the past season doesn't repeat. It's just the way it is in this division. It's, it's, just, it's just such a competitive division that their ownerships all spend money. Overall, they're all really good, right? I mean, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, all these different Super Bowls, it's, it's just a tough division year in, year out. So when you're looking at it on paper, I would say Eagles fans have never been more cocky, Chad. Like, they're, they're feeling themselves right now. And it's, it's all because how he's just been nailing these drafts. I mean, I don't think I go a day without hearing Jalen Carter's name. Every day I'm hearing this kid's name. So it's been interesting where the Eagles have lost starters from last season, but how he's playing the game. And the game is what are the most weak positions on an NFL team that there's an influx of talent? Like where is there a ton of talent across the board in the NFL at all these different positions? And time and time again we see it's running back, linebacker, and safety. That's where you can really go cheap and find serviceable talent. So that's what how he's doing, right? He's We talked about last year, you really built out this team through the D-line the O-line. That's why we loved him. Our whole plan last year was if Hurts takes that next step, we would love the Eagles. And, yeah, it, it really worked out for us. I mean, I think I had a, them at 35-1 to and the, the Chiefs at 11-1. I mean, that was the dream scenario, them playing each other in the Super Bowl. This year, I can't do it with this Eagles team. Like, I, I do love this team, but – Eagles fans need to realize the difference between them and the Cowboys is not what it looks like on paper, right? The Eagles, you know, they were, I believe, minus 120 or minus 130, and the the Cowboys were plus 200 when we talked about them in, what was that, May? 
And I said, this is yeah. where you want to bet the Cowboys. Like, that's a good number on a Cowboys team that they're not as bad as people think. I mean, that's the issue. The, the season ends, and people's last images of Dak Prescott losing to a seventh-round rookie in the playoffs. Like, I get where they're coming from, that they don't believe him in the playoffs. We're, we're talking regular season here. So, to me, um, this Eagles team, I will take a small bet on the under. I got them right at 11 wins, so – that half game bump makes sense because that's the public viewing the team as dominant. If there's any team that could repeat in this division, finally, it's got to be the Eagles team with Hurts. I mean, this guy is so mentally tough. Um, we all know all the quotes, everything we've heard and said. I mean, his background is the, the Super Bowl, him walking through the confetti. You will not find someone more mentally tough in the football than him. This kid has been through it all. So, um, not being a homer, I'm going to fade the Eagles. I mean, that's just what I have to do here. But I would say come January, if this team wins this division, for the first time a team repeat winner in this division to lead this division in, I think, 20 years, I won't be shocked. I mean, this kid across the board does it all right. I mean, he got paid that big contract. He went in and signed it, and then he went into the, the, the facility of the gym and lift and got a workout in. Like, this kid is just all business. So, um, yeah, as an Eagles fan, I'm really excited. And as a better, I'm excited to fade this team. I mean, week one, we already joked about it. We love the Patriots week one. So it's just a team that they'll be inflated, I think, for the first three or four weeks. And then the, the books will eventually catch up to the, this team. So um, to me, Eagles, any type of futures, I, I really don't have much positive for them. Um, but, yeah, for, for win total, I'm taking their under. Nothing divisionally. If I'm going to bet them divisionally, I'll do that midseason. But um, there, there's no value there betting them minus 120 to win this division. So um, the Cowboys are now at plus 180. And it is interesting to me. We preach on this show all the time. We love offensive line. We love defensive line. Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL, arguably top three. Let's say it's, you know, a combination of Chiefs, Eagles, and Browns. And they have arguably the top defensive line. They had 70 sacks last year on defense, and they added Jalen Carter. We've joked about, we're naming a new bet this year, Howie Roseman, <clears throat> because it's the best, most obvious bet to make where you don't have to outthink yourself. You just do what's the right thing that's right in front of you because he does it every year with his draft picks. And Jalen Carter was another Howie Roseman special. And like you, Simon, I've heard nothing but about how this kid is the leading candidate from a betting perspective to be the defensive rookie of the year, right? So agree with everything you're saying. And yet I want to fade him too. Like, uh, <laughs> and let's like, let's use that like a, to move into the Cowboys at plus 180, because I do think that there is like something about this division and this team that you have to be watching out for. And you were saying like, don't be fooled by what you see on paper. Simon, I want to start with you on the Cowboys. Why are you saying that about the delta between the Eagles and the and the Cowboys? I just think it's just the the, the way the public works, right? The, they always like the new shiny toy, and that's what they're looking at with the Eagles team, where the Cowboys, how could you have not been disappointed in them? I mean, the last seven years, they always have an above-average defense and above-average offense, and they just flame out when it comes to the playoffs, but we're not too worried about that. Like I won't put any futures on them to win Super Bowl, but I will be betting on them to go over their win total and to win this division. It's just, it's the smart bet to make. Like they have one of the best defenses in football. Now they've added cooks to that wide receiving course. So now they have cooks, Gallup and CD lamb. Like those are three really talented wide receivers. No more Zeke L8 either, which I think is going to be an upgrade for them. Now Pollard's getting all the touches and you know, this kid deuce, this little guy, he could be an incredible running back for them in the red zone. I mean, people don't realize these smaller running backs are actually pretty good in the red zone. The Eagles had Boston Scott, who I know not a lot of people know, but Giants know. I think he scored every game in his career against the Giants. So these little scat backs are pretty talented in the red zone. So it's just all there for this this Cowboys team. And, you know, they're about to have to pay a lot of guys. So to me, this is one of those years we want to bet them, right? They're going to be a team that, you know, they just brought back Zach Martin, which was a really smart move by Jerry. Like, that was, you know, he, his ego is getting in the way there, him now realizing this guy is by far the best at his position. I mean, he really is that good, and he's a game changer for this team. So 
Um, if he didn't come back, I was honestly tempted to fade the Cowboys because I thought that would have been that big of a deal, losing that key that key piece on their offensive line. Now that he's back, that's going to make up for the week, whatever position they are this year on all fronts. You know, that I do have questions about their tackles, but overall I think their offensive line is going to be really good. And then we already know how dominant their D-line is going to be. So um, to me, you know, I know the difference between them and the Eagles is only like two or three games, right, because the Eagles got first place. They both have pretty tough schedules. Somehow, statistically, if you look on paper, the schedule breaks a little easier for the Eagles. But this Cowboys team, I think that they will be the team at the end of the year that will win this division. So um, the nine and a half is really juiced up. Uh, I think it's at like minus 270. Yeah, if minus you, 270 at nine and a half. If you can, I'd just try to find a 10 or a 10 and a half. Like I'd rather take that with less juice because I could easily see this team getting 11 or 12, 11 or 12 wins. I mean, Dak got hurt, and they won four out of five with Cooper Rush. Like, it's it's all built there for them. So, I don't think he'll be hurt like he was last year, Dak. I don't think he'll have that many turnovers he had last year. He actually led the league in interceptions, even though he met, missed all those games, Chad. So, um, to me, this team, you know, they were a game or two back of the Eagles to win this division last year, and I, I just don't see the Eagles getting the many breaks they had last year. So, um, I think the price is really nice now on the Cowboys, and I think that's where the value is for this division. It's just the difference between them and the Eagles is very, very small, but it's not what the public perceives. The public is making this plus 100 difference when it's really not that big of a delta. So um, if, you, if you want to take the value in this division, it's definitely going to be this Cowboys team. What's interesting about the Cowboys, and Ross, I want you to speak to this, is uh, according to Sean Kroner, the Eagles have the easiest – schedule in the NFL. The Cowboys have the third easiest. The NFC East overall has their their four teams collection of the the easiest schedule in the NFL. Again, mm-hmm. Kerner is updating this constantly. So this is dynamic based on rosters, based on when you are playing a team and who their quarterback is going to be. It's not sort of a set it and forget it from uh, either last year's performance for a team and their opponents or even projected win totals, like he is building this in real time. Here's what Brandon Anderson said about the offensive line. And Simon, he agrees with you about Zach Martin. Uh, Dallas is easily top five. And Ross, I want you to speak to this because it's partially based on your analysis. Dallas has Super Bowl upside if their five top offensive linemen are healthy in December and January. Your take, Ross Tucker. Well, so that probably goes for the whole Cowboys roster, but certainly the offensive line. I mean, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Biotish, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele, that's pretty impressive. The problem is Zach's getting up there in years. Tyron Smith gets hurt every year, and Terrence Steele's coming off a major, major injury. And you look at their backups, and these guys have, like, never played. I mean – it's very interesting to me how different the Cowboys and Eagles go about certain things. Like the Eagles would never let it be the case that they would have no backups with really experience that because they know that that can sink your whole season. That's why they'll always have Jack Driscoll and they'll always bring in these other guys, Dennis Kelly, Josh Andrews, just to make sure that the backups they do have, are good enough, but for sure the Cowboys should have a top five offensive line when those guys are healthy. I think they have a top five roster. I'm very high on the Cowboys roster this year. Their biggest holes last year were probably number two wide receiver and number two corner. To go out and get Brandon Cooks, who was a number one the year before in Houston, and Stephon Gilmore, a number one the year before in Indy, now, those guys might not be what they used to be. They might not be high-end ones anymore, but they're definitely high-end twos, you know, as, as being the second guy with Gilmore and Cooks. I thought those were great trades by the Cowboys. They're not even paying them that much. Their prior team took on a bunch of their salary. Fantastic trades. And as a result, it's one of the reasons I like the Cowboys over. You know my biggest concern with the Cowboys? They ran Kellen Moore out of town. And I, I just don't understand it. Over the last four years, okay, Cowboys are second in the NFL 
in yards and points. Second, behind only the Chiefs. And Simon mentioned this. Think about how many games uh, Andy Dalton, Cooper Rush, Ben DiNucci started, right? (laughs) And they're still fourth in yards and points, yet they get Kellen Moore out of town so that Mike McCarthy says, I want to run the ball so I can rest my defense. You sure about that? You sure about that? Good luck, Cowboys. I really do think the two things that can prevent the Cowboys from making a run in the postseason, I think it's Mike McCarthy and I think it's injuries because they just lack depth, especially on the offensive line. Well, look, isn't that amazing about Mike McCarthy? You go back to Green Bay and it was the same questions. Like people would bet against Mike McCarthy being able to do the right thing. And then we've seen it in the past few years in Dallas, consistently making the wrong coaching decisions at the end of games. And so I I would fully anticipate, and everything you guys are saying about the Cowboys is true, this roster, if they are healthy, is amazing. And Simon, completely agree. Tony Pollard getting the the majority of carries and not having Zeke Elliott is a benefit. Brandon Cooks is fantastic everywhere he goes. He produces, he takes pressure off the number one because he's still so freaking fast. They have an incredible defense. They have so many playmakers on defense. This will be a dynamic kind of, you know, old school Cowboys get up the field fast defense. Love this team. Love everything about them. Totally going to look for an over 10 and a half alt line uh, to get a much smaller price. Uh, and then in the playoffs in the first round, they're going to lose because Mike McCarthy is going to make bad decisions. That's just <laughs> what's going to happen. It's just the way it is. But you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to, in the first six weeks of the season, the Cowboys and the Eagles both play the Jets. I'm looking forward to the Cowboys and the Eagles both beating the Jets so we can continue to preach fading the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, But you know what? I'm in the New York area, and at some point this year, I might want to get tickets to a Jets game. And when I do, I'm going to open the Game Time app. You guys have heard me talk about Game Time. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the US. I love Game Time. Honestly, I use it all the time. And if you're looking to get out to a pro or college game this week or even a concert, Game Time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these. I'm opening the Game Time app right now from my house here in Connecticut. What do you know? What do you know? I can get into a Yankees game tonight for six bucks. By the way, I can also get into a Mets game tomorrow night for 20 two bucks. No matter where you live, download the Game Time app, get out, have some fun this week. You deserve it. And you can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, just download the app, enter code favorites for $20 off. So download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. By the way, before we move on from the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Eagles, according to Pro Football Focus, number one defensive line in the NFL. Look, they've added Jalen Carter. We've been talking about that. Uh, th- th- this, is, this is a great line from the PFF write-up. There is a case to be made that Philadelphia's second string defensive line would also rank in the top 20 on this list. 
the Cowboys defensive line, also fantastic. The Giants defensive line. It's the next team that I want to talk about. Uh, no player. They've got the ninth ranked defensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. Focus. No player improved as much as interior defender Dexter Lawrence did in 2022, ending the campaign as the second highest graded player at his position. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, uh, both had great, great years last year. Um, the Giants, they're plus 700 to win the division. Uh, their season win total is seven and a half. The over is plus 100. Ross, you know this division very well. What do you feel like we're saying about the New York football Giants you right know, now? You know, I hate this because – as we talk about all the time on the Even Money podcast, usually the value is in the unders. And, you know, you should look to unders because if you add them all up, it's actually, you know, the value is in the unders. Totally get that. But seven and a half, seven and a half for the Giants, that's stunning to me. It really is. I mean, I, I just think that they are much more likely. This is how I always look at it, right? I think they're much more likely to win eight or nine games than they are six or seven. I just do. Um, I don't think they're going to be a great team, but I have a tough time picturing Daniel Jones being worse in year two under Brian Dable. And he actually started to play really well in the second half of the year last year. I had their right guard, Mark Lewinsky, on the Ross Tucker football podcast recently, and he said that he felt like Daniel Jones early in the year was like trying to be perfect. And, you know, he had the contract thing and the new coach. And second half of the year, Daniel, he just kept telling him, just have fun, man. Just have fun. And Daniel Jones played like a guy that was having fun in the second half of the year. I think Darren Waller will be significant. It's not a great team. They might not make the playoffs. I know they won their fair share of close games last year, but they also won a road playoff game in Minnesota. They deserve some credit for that. Uh, I once again like the over for the Giants. I have them winning eight or nine games to get over. I feel like this this really comes down to, you could talk about Daniel Jones. You can talk about Saquon Barkley. You can talk about Darren Waller. You can talk about an improving defensive line. Their offensive line is pretty dreadful. Um, at the end of the day, this comes down to Brian Dayball, right? He was the coach of the year last year. And the Giants won so many close games, you could argue, not necessarily because of luck, which obviously has a big, big part in it, but because Brian Dayball put them in a position to win close games, that he was a difference maker on the sideline. Simon, do we feel like that is something that is a tangible factor that comes into play when we're determining the Giants' value, or is there automatic regression no matter how good of a coach you are? I would say there's automatic regression when you just don't have the talent there, where in your first year as a coach, you can sneak up on people because not a lot of people know what your your team's going to be running right. They didn't know what kind of offense this team was going to run. I mean, no one saw how much running Daniel Jones was going to do last year, right? That was a, a big thing Brian took advantage of was, was Daniel Jones' legs and getting him out of trouble. And if you go back and watch – even on a lot of his passes, it was him getting outside the pocket, right? It was just one of those where he'd have two reads, and if those reads weren't there, take off. I mean, he was a great athlete. He showed that last year. So, you know, looking at this team, the professionals have already taken that position. I mean, when I gave out the Giants' win total, it was 8.5, and, and it was minus 110. Now it's all the way down to 7.5, and, and it's at plus, plus 100. So yeah, clearly the, the pros have taken a position on this team where we just expect regression because they just don't have the talent. Like. They do have something building there. I mean, if you're a Giants fan, how are you not excited about last year, right? Daniel Jones, you guys didn't give him his fifth-year option. Like, not only did the fans give up on him, the organization gave up on him. And then he proved to them that he can be that guy, right? He got them to the playoffs last year. They gave him a nice contract. Now they got to really build this thing out about what's, what's Daniel Jones' strength and how do we build a team around those strengths. So, to me, we just – we expect regression just because last year was such a was such a shocking season. I mean, the greatest example of this team was that Ravens game. They were down 10 in the fourth quarter. 
and they never lost faith. I mean, I know they got lucky there. Lamar turned it over twice, and that's how they were able to win that game. But still, Daniel Jones led those drives down the field for those both those touchdowns for them to win that game in those final minutes. So it's one of those where, yeah, Chad, we 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 ran our luck rankings all season. They they them and the Vikings were one and two, the luckiest teams. So yep. just right there, we expect them to be regressing in the fact that they got so lucky in so many one possession games last year. So you know. I, I won't give out the under seven and a half just because I have an eight. I have a bunch of eight and a half. So I just don't think there's any value there taking the seven and a half because I think Ross said it. Like they're a team that seven, eight, nine wins. That's exactly where most of us have them, right? They're right in that area of they're going to steal some games. They're just a team that's going to be gritty. They're going to they're going to never really give up, and they have great coaching. So it's always tough to fade those teams. You always want the best of them when you do. So um, I hate not taking a side, but. I wouldn't take an over-under on this one. If you already missed eight and a half, there's just no value on this line for you to take. Isn't it interesting, though, that we're having a hard time giving up on the Giants just because of Brian Dayball? Like, for some <laughs> reason, he what he did last year, everybody believed that he was he was really, really good at this job. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think also we saw some of it, like – the way the Bills regressed a little bit, part of it was because Josh Allen's injury, but also Brian Dayball was so good at managing that Bills offense with Josh Allen. And it's interesting because the Vikings were just as lucky last year with so many one-score wins. Nobody is looking at the Vikings and saying, oh yeah, Kevin O'Connell coached them to those one-score wins. Everyone's looking at the Giants and saying, oh yeah, Brian Dayball coached them to those one-score wins. And that's why we're having a harder time pulling the trigger on thinking this is a team that could crater based on their talent, which is fascinating to me. Why don't we, why don't we say that about Kevin O'Connell? Um, a few different reasons. If you go back and watch how they won, it's just the big difference. Like a lot of stuff that happened last year, the Vikings honestly was on Kirk. Like Kirk was the one making those big plays where um, I don't think it was all Daniel Jones for this Giants team. It was really, it was really based on the offense where um, Kirk was, I can think of three wins off the top of my head where it was just like, where's Jefferson? Let me close my eyes and throw it downfield to him. And it, it worked out for almost every time. So that's definitely one of those main differences. All right. The last, uh, the last team we want to talk about, the Washington Commanders. New ownership. Uh, Sam Howell is going to be the starting QB. Riverboat Ron deciding to go with the second-year player from North Carolina. The over is at 6.5 plus 100. The under is minus 125. They are – plus 1,200 to win the division. Is this the team, Ross Tucker, with one of the best defensive lines in the NFL? Is this the team that will continue the trend that 18 of the past 20 years, a team has gone from worst to first in their division? Absolutely not. There is no way in hell the commanders are winning the NFC East. Cut the audio, cut the video, if the Commanders win the NFC East, I don't even know what I'll do. I'm not going to say something on the show. I'll think about it, but I'll do something crazy. Listen, they gave me a little bit of pause with how they looked against Baltimore the other night, and Sam Howe has looked good in the preseason, and that's great. I like when there's more good young quarterbacks. I really do, and I'm glad they have a new owner. Daniel Snyder was just an absolute train wreck and a travesty. but. They have a bottom five offensive line in the NFL. And they have a, a quarterback that started one game. Let me just tell you guys, you know those NFL films, videos at the end of the year when you watch like the year in review, the Super Bowl video? That's not how the video starts. The video doesn't start with a quarterback with a one start and a bottom five offensive line. It's not happening. I think it's amazing that Riverboat Ron, I mean, you're talking about Riverboat, you know, new owner, he knows this is make or break year for him, and he's going with Sam Howell. How about Eric Bieniemy? He left the cushy job in Kansas City to come, to, you know, with the commanders, with the lame duck coach, a quarterback with one start and a bottom five O-line. I mean, their big free agent additions were Nick Gates and Andrew Wiley. I, I like both those guys because – they're not overly talented. They kind of remind me of myself, and I'm proud of them for getting the money that they're getting, even though they're not that talented. But it's kind of a problem that they're not that talented. Uh, I think to me, um, you know, 
I think they'd probably be lucky to get to seven or eight wins, although it feels like that's what Rivera coaches to. Rivera is like that guy now to me that it's like if you want like if you want seven, eight, or nine wins, get Ron Rivera. If you want 12, 13, 14 wins, don't get Ron Rivera. I, I think he's uh, a coach that can – it's almost like he's more comfortable exceeding expectations. Still don't understand why he didn't play Sam Howell more last year. That made no sense. And it really didn't make sense when he put Wentz back in against Cleveland. That was horrendous. And I don't like that Terry McLaurin already has turf toe. It's a bad injury for a wide receiver. I had turf toe. That's an annoying injury. Way worse for a receiver than it is for an O-lineman like me. I think the six-and-a-half number is right. Um, you know, Hal played well enough that it gives me pause to tell people to take the under. But I'm not taking the over either. I mean, I think they'll probably get the seven wins, maybe even eight. And it's probably more likely that they do that than five or six. But that number feels like the right number to me right now for Washington. You don't want to go into a season with question marks along the offensive line and a quarterback. All right, Ross, listen, while Simon is giving his answer, I'm going to vamp for a second. You have the opportunity right now to think, what is my favorite bet in the division? You can choose an over, you can choose an under, you can choose a division future, uh, but I feel like you haven't committed yet to a best bet. Simon has kind of committed to a best bet. I would put him into a Cowboys camp at plus 180, unless he's going to come up with something bigger. Uh, but to your point about the the uh, commander's offensive line, both of their veteran guards are, guards are gone. Both tackles are leftovers that the Bears and the Chiefs did not want. Um, they've got four new starters. This offensive line is in trouble to protect a quarterback who has started one game. Simon, where are we on the commander's? Unbelievable, Chad. The only team I hate in the NFL are the Cowboys. I spoke nicely about them for about 10 minutes, and you said I kind of am in on the Cowboys? No, well, I'm, I'm in on the Cowboys. I, look, listen, let me, let me say something. <laughs> You're nicely about the Cowboys. To me, I know I sense an underlying animosity. So the fact that you went to Cowboys plus 180 to me is a miracle. I just wanted to give you the out to come do something better. If like there's something about the commanders, <laughs> you're like, oh no, my best bet is definitely going to be under six and a half. No, that's as, that's as big as I can get. If I if I say something that nice, that that's as that's as much as I can do about the Cowboys. Um, Washington, it's it kind of feels like the same boat with the Giants, where it's like this ain't it. But it's way better than it's been the last 10, 15 years, right? It, it feels like you're kind of coming out of a a dark age if you're a Washington Commanders fan. And um, I do not think Sam is the answer at quarterback. Um, yeah, he can play well against backups when teams are running zero defensive scheme against him in the preseason. But he's got, he's got major issues that I think teams are going to attack um, this upcoming regular season. So I am not shocked to see that they have him at six and a half wins just because this division's so tough. I mean, the Eagles are really good. Cowboys are really good. Arguably, both are top three teams in NFC. And then you have a Giants team that's an overachieving team that's just really tough, well-coached. And, you know, Washington, I still think they're a couple pieces away from being a above 500 team. And last year, they almost got there, right? They were almost in the playoffs. If they had just beaten the Giants, they probably would have been able to get in at towards the end of the season. But... You know, they're just a team that they don't have a winning culture and they haven't really brought in players that have ever won either across the league. It's it's kind of a team of, you know, of uh, guys that are just trying to find their way at this point. So when, I, when I'm when i looking at this Washington team, I, I was shocked it was six and a half because I thought, wow, that, that seems low. And then as the months have gone on, it's like, no, that's a good number. Like they're, they, they could steal a game, get lucky here or there and maybe get to seven or eight wins. But as a better, we don't bet on that. We bet on the numbers and what we think is going to happen. And I'm going to take the under here on a team that it'll be great for them, right? If if he can show out and have huge moments, um, that would be great for them because they just haven't had a quarterback, and that's been such a huge issue for this team. I mean, Kirk left, what is it, six, seven years ago, and they just really haven't found anyone to replace him since he's left. So, um, yeah, for me, Washington, 
I don't care if they made these guys 15 or 20 to one. I just wouldn't take them to win this division. I just, there's not a scenario where I see them being better than the Cowboys or better than the Eagles. So um, for, for divisional odds, I wouldn't touch it. And if I'm going to take an under, it's going to be on the Eagles and it's going to be on Washington. I think both these teams have good value towards the under this upcoming season. All right, Ross, I'm giving you a chance while Simon was talking. Give me one best bet. Yeah, you know, I think if I had to make one right now, I think it might be the Cowboys over. I mean, they've been a pretty consistent 12-win team here. I think they're better than they were last year. The only thing I think that can screw it up, I don't think Dak's going to lead the NFL in interceptions again. (laughs) The only thing that can screw it up is injuries to the O-line, which is a possibility. But even if they have injuries to the O-line, they can put somebody at guard, bump Tyler Smith out to tackle, and Mike McCarthy. And we'll see, because it's going to be real bad if Mike McCarthy is the thing that holds this team back real bad. But you know what? Maybe he learned from Kellen Moore. Maybe he learned from his time off. So I think the Cowboys are going to be very good. I think the Cowboys are right there with the Eagles and the Niners at the top of the NFC. I'll go over 10.5 with the Cowboys as my, as my best bet for the NFC. All right, we're taking a flyer. We're going over 10.5, find an alt line uh, for over 10.5. Listen, we also like the Cowboys plus 180. Um, the Eagles are the class of this division and probably the class of the conference, but the, uh, the, the chances that they're going to repeat in this division, given the history, given how perfect they, given their uh, injury luck, um, the Cowboys are the value of plus. 180. Thank you to Ross Tucker, friend of the pod, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. Find him at Ross Tucker at NFL. Reminder, their favorites podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. For Simon Hunter, I am Chad Millman. This has been The Favorites Podcast, presented by Bet365, part of the Action Network. Download us from uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars, say whatever you want. Until next week, love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.